Good morning and welcome to New Bridge Christian Church. It's always a pleasure to have you all in the house of God. And I pray that you will not leave this place the way you came. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. You may take your seat. God bless you. What you declare is what is going to happen to you. Uh, this morning, I would like to talk to you on the topic, overcoming anxiety. Overcoming anxiety. And uh, as I was thinking about this message, I remember a story of a, a man that I read about. This man was married, but he was unfaithful to the wife. He had what we call a side chick, but he was married. And so one day, the lady that this man was unfaithful to or unfaithful with became pregnant. And the man said, that is not possible that I'm the one responsible for this pregnancy. So after all the argument, they decided to go do a test to find out if he was truly the father of the pregnant, of the, of the baby. When they got to the hospital and the doctors ran all the tests, and the doctors came out smiling and said, man, surely you are not the one who is responsible. The man was like, you see, I said it. And the doctor went further to explain the reason why he was not responsible for the pregnancy. And the doctor said, the medical exam shows that you don't have the ability to ever father a child. And this man had four children at home. Not only was he stressed before that he was being accused of a pregnancy that he could not imagine himself to be responsible for, now he started thinking about who is the father of the four kids at home. Because the doctor now said, not only are you not responsible for this child, but you have no possibility of ever being a father to a child. So, not only was he stressed about a girlfriend or a side issue, now the stress increased because now he had four children that he needs to trace their paternity. I want you to talk to your neighbor and say, Neighbor, what are you stressed about this morning? Turn to somebody and say, Neighbor, what are you stressed about this morning? And then look at that neighbor again like a prophet with a good and say, and say, Neighbor, there is always a way out of every anxiety. The way you are saying it, you are saying it like a Jehovah's Witness. Say, there is always a way out of every anxiety. Amen. If you think you are stressed, how do you go back home and confront your wife and tell your wife that I went to the hospital because I was cheating and then I found out that I can't have a child? How do you even confront your wife with such a situation? This is where most people develop anxiety. Some people become so worried because they are into dilemmas that they can't resolve by themselves. But this morning, God is here to help us. Amen. Whatever be your situation, God is here to help you. Yeah. What is anxiety? As I look into this subject, it's very uh, complicated because it's also a medical issue. And we're going to approach this from a biblical perspective because I'm not a medical personnel to give you more into this subject. But we're going to approach it from a biblical perspective because I believe that many things that medicine is trying to solve are spiritual. And like I said, when you have a car, if that car is manufactured by Toyota and that car has a problem, you take it back to Toyota. And they will fix it. Sometimes there is a recall on a car. And the manufacturer is saying there is something we didn't do right. So bring the car back so we can fix it. Because they are the manufacturer. If it's a Chevy car, you take it to Chevy. 
Whatever be the brand or the make, you take it back to whoever was the manufacturer. In the same way, when we have problems with our systems, we go back to our manufacturer. Because he manufactured us and he has a spare part to every part of our body. Is anybody hearing me this morning? So there are some things doctors have tried to fix, but they are not the manufacturer. They are just mechanics. They don't really know what is going on. They can fix the check engine light, but they can't replace the part because they are not the manufacturer. So this morning we are coming back to God as the manufacturer. Whatever is wrong with your system, God has the power to fix it this morning. I said God has the power to fix it this morning. In Jesus' name. Anxiety is intense, excessive, and persistent worry and fear about everyday situations. It is intense, excessive, and persistent. You worry persistently. You fear persistently about everyday situation. And they say common symptoms about this. This is from a medical perspective. Now they say it could be excessive worry. You have a fast heart rate. You have rapid breathing. Always feeling tired. Sleepless nights. Panic attacks. Nausea and vomiting. Muscle tension. Flashbacks. Social isolation. And stage fright. There are some people, if I tell you that next week you are going to do opening prayer. From now till next week you'll be sweating. Anxiety. Just the thought that I'm going to come on this platform and do something, you'll be sweating all week. That is anxiety. And there are possible causes of anxiety, as they say. Number one can be environmental stressors, which means that you find yourself in an environment that is producing you stress. It could be your place of work. You work in a place where it is stressful. That is why sometimes working is not just about money. There are some people who make money, but they have no life. I was talking to one uh, guy that I know. He was a regional security manager with Amazon when his biggest boss resigned. And I was, I, was, I was discussing with him. I said, this is an opportunity for you to get this position. He's like, no way. And I was like, why will you not get the position? He said, those people have no life. They are always in conferences in different countries. Sometimes they come back home just once a month. Even though they make all this money, they have no life with their families. So sometimes it could be an environment that is producing you stress. It could be relationships. It could be family issues. Some of us come from families where this sister is crazy, this brother is going crazy, this one is sick, this one is in trouble. There is a, a lot of things going on in the family that can become a result of stress. Then it says also it can be genetics. Some people come from families where everybody is just worried. Father is worried, mother is worried for no reason. It could also be medical factors, which will result from symptoms of different diseases, the effects of medication, or stress of intensive surgery. You are going taking a medication that makes you stress. Then you also say it could be brain chemistry. It means that your, your brain, your, the fluid in your brain are not flowing normally, causing you stress. It could be withdrawal from an illicit relationship or substance. Normally, when people stop anything they were doing, whether they were smoking or they were into drugs, they become stressed. They develop anxiety because now in the place of what they were doing before, there is nothing to do. So then they become anxious. It could also be the pressures of life. We live in a very stressful culture where it's, we, we are always on the go. You know, I, I was telling somebody that back in 
Cameroon or in Africa, most countries, you can go to your landlord and say, landlord, this month things are difficult. I'll see you by 15. But in this country, there is no way you can explain that to your landlord. So once the end of the month is approaching, if the money is not there, it can become very stressful. There's no way you're going to call your phone company and say, look, I don't have this month. I'll just pay you double by the end of the month. If you don't pay, they are ready to cut off the line. There is no way you can go to the dealership and say, hey, you can hold my payment for this month. I'll pay you twice next month. If you don't pay, they are ready to repossess the car. All this can become the reasons why many people can become very anxious. But this morning, whatever be the case, God is here to help us. Amen. I said God is here to help us. Amen. There are many kinds of anxiety. We have generalized anxiety, generalized anxiety disorder, which is when a person feels anxious most of his days, worrying about a lot of different things for a period of at least six months. That is what it says. You are just worried. You're worried about your job, you're worried about your husband, worried about your kids, worried about relationship. You have a general sense of worry. Then you have social anxiety, which is when a person has an intense fear of being criticized, embarrassed, or humiliated. In everyday situations, such as speaking publicly, eating in public, being assertive at work, or making small talk. What does this mean? Like I said before, there are some people, take for example a single girl. You have a date with a man. From the day you hear that you have a date, is that your legs start shaking. And the day you have to meet that man, maybe, maybe at that restaurant, you use the restroom like six times before you go. You are so anxious. Then you have specific phobia, people that are afraid of certain things. And then they tend to avoid that thing. Like I, I was speaking to a lady who has never been in a plane, and she never intends to be in a plane because she's afraid of planes. If there is anything that has to do with plane, I cannot. This can become, this can be a result of anxiety. Then you have other conditions where anxiety is present, which is people that are OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder, a person who has an ongoing, unwanted, intrusive thoughts and fear that causes anxiety. There's some people that you get to, into their house. If you don't take, a, take off your shoes, it can become a serious problem. I mean, you eat without washing your hands, they are ready to attack you, even though you don't know them. They are willing to correct you in public for doing something that is not their business. They want everything to be a certain way. This can involve anxiety. Then you have the last one, which is mostly people in the military, PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, where a person is experiencing traumatic, who has experienced traumatic events like war, assault, accident, disaster, uh, is having flashbacks of those things, and now they tend to be so afraid or anxious about those things. But this morning, like I said, God has the answer to every condition. Whether it's medical, natural, biological, or physical, the God we serve has an answer to all those problems. And the people who gave this statistic said that there are many ways you can handle this anxiety. Number one, they say you have to learn how to manage your stress. You have to learn how to manage your stress. And how do you manage stress? If you are somebody who is not good at working under pressure, avoid leaving things for the last minute. Because then it's going to be the source of your anxiety. You have to learn to manage the things that will make you anxious. Number two, this you have to learn relaxation techniques. Sometimes some people are anxious because they don't get enough rest. Like most of us coming to this country, we have two jobs. 
We work so hard. We take every overtime. We, have, we don't have enough sleep. We are always working. It can become the result, a cause of anxiety. We have to learn how to relax. Sometimes just stay at home and do nothing. Relax on the couch, watch a movie, eat well, relax, go to the park, go somewhere and just have fun by yourself. Like we are talking about a movie on Saturday. Just come out, sit for two hours and watch a movie. You must not be doing overtime somewhere. Just relax with other people. Is somebody hearing me this morning? Exercises too. Like I was saying, most of us live in an apartment complex where so we have gyms. But those gyms look at them like they're cemeteries. We never pass them. Sometimes just by sweating and exercising, you can take out some pressures from your system. And then, if you are too, if your anxiety is, is to the level where you need assistance, you need a support group, where people are also going through the same thing. For example, if, you are, if you've been in the military, and then now you're suffering from India, other vet, veterans who are going through the same thing, you can join that support group. Or if you lost a relative and you are being affected by the death of that relative, you can also look for people who are in that same category and join them. And then lastly, you, you can also go for professional or local counseling. Sometimes by talking to somebody about it, it can become the way out of the problem. Some weeks ago, a brother came from Maryland to meet me because he was going through some problems. And we just spoke. We spoke for about three hours. And after we spoke, I prayed for him. When he was going to say, Pastor, a weight just left me. It was not because of anything. It's just because he has been carrying those things all by himself for a very long time without sharing it with anybody. So the moment he released that from his mind, the weight left him. Sometimes just by talking to somebody about it. That is why it is important for you to be open, especially to your pastor. Like I used to tell people, I may be the pastor of this church, but not everybody's pastor. You must have somebody, a spiritual person in your life, where you can go to when you need spiritual counseling and be free to talk about anything. One of the things we are taught to do as pastors is to be confidential, meaning the thing you tell me, I won't say it to anybody else because it's confidential. Because if you, are not, uh, if you don't trust me enough to talk to me about anything, then you cannot be open about anything. So sometimes just by talking to somebody, it can become a way out of that problem. Is somebody hearing me this morning? Now, going back to the text that we just read this morning, the Apostle Paul says in verse 5, he said, let your gentleness be evident to all. The word that is used for gentleness in this context is not a gentleness as we say, ladies and gentlemen. The gentleness in this text is talking about the ability to let go. The reason why many people become anxious and stressful is because they hold everything in and they are not willing to let go. So Apostle Paul is saying, if you are going to be free from anxiety, you have to be somebody who is easy to let go. Not somebody who holds on to things. There's some people, if you say, shut up to them now, they will keep it in their mind for the next 20 years. If you are such a person, you cannot be free from anxiety because you always hold things in you. Something your mother said to you 20 years ago, you still keep it in it. Something your first boss said to you in many years ago, you still keep it in it. Something your sixth grade teacher said to you, you are still holding it in. Apostle Paul is saying, if you are going to walk in freedom from anxiety, you have to learn how to let things go. Tell somebody, let it go. Let it go. Let it go. And then he says in verse 5, he said, the Lord is near. Now, theologians are divided as to this point when he says, the Lord is near. 
Some say the Lord is coming, meaning he's coming soon. Then others say the Lord is closer to us than we imagine. What does that mean? Sometimes when you are anxious or you are going through a problem, we think God is very far. But the Apostle Paul is saying to us this morning, whatever situation you are going through, God is always so near to hell. God is always so near. There is no situation you are going through that God is not willing to help. God is always so near to help us. And then in verse 6, which is what we like to quote, it says, do not be anxious about anything. Now, he says, do not be anxious about not some things or particular things. He said, about anything. It means that as a child of God, you have no reason to be anxious. Not some things because we, we, we make excuses for why we are anxious. You know, I've been working so hard. You know, I'm stressed because of my family. I'm stressed because of that. I told somebody, your response is your responsibility. Is somebody hearing me? Your response is your responsibility. Be anxious. Do not be anxious about anything. So there, there should be no reason why you are anxious. No reason at all why you should be anxious. And then in verse 7, it says, And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. There are three kinds of peace that I mentioned in the Bible. There is peace from God. Peace from God. Whenever you read the epistles of Paul, he will start and say, The peace of God be with you all. There is a peace that God gives to us. Then there is peace with God, which is peace that comes as a relationship with God. This is peace that comes where you get understanding. You understand that Jesus paid the price for you, so you don't have to stress about it because God is working behind the scenes. Then there is a peace of God, which is mentioned in Philippians chapter 4 in this text. This is peace that is a gift from God. This is peace you can't explain. This is the kind of peace where you see a woman who has lost her husband, and she's sitting at the funeral smiling with everybody. And people are wondering, why is she smiling when her husband is in the casket? Because there is a peace that God gives you that the world cannot understand. It's a peace that you are in a difficult situation. You just experience a broker. You just experience a disappointment. You just, denied, you just got denied at that job. You just got fired, but you are coming out smiling. There is a peace that you can't explain. And this is the peace that Apostle Paul is talking about in this text. When he says, and the peace of God will guide your heart. And when he says the peace of God will guide your heart, it means that the peace becomes a security guard in your heart. It won't let anything that is not of God step in. You are always smiling. And people don't understand why she's always smiling. You are always happy. They don't understand why you're always happy. This is the peace that God is promising us today. May the peace of God come upon you today. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. May the peace of God come upon you today. Amen. In the name of Jesus. That peace, listen, many people define peace as the absence of trouble. But the peace of God is calmness in the midst of trouble. Because many of us, if we don't have drama in our marriage, in our relationships, at our jobs, we will have peace. But the peace of God is not the absence of trouble. It is working in a place that is chaotic. You are in a toxic relationship. You come from a confused family and yet your heart is not troubled. This is the peace of God. 
And that is the peace that God is giving to us this morning. Amen. I wish you a memory stronger than that. Amen. That is the peace that God is giving to you this morning. Amen. The peace of God. Yes, Hallelujah. Amen. When somebody is talking to you, they are mad, they are twisting their face and you're smiling. Why are you smiling? This is a serious issue. I don't have to twist my face because it's a serious issue. I have the peace of God. Tell somebody, I have the peace of God. Tell somebody, I have the peace of God. There are three things mentioned in this text that will help us overcome anxiety. In verse 6, it says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer. In everything by prayer. Number one way to overcome anxiety is that you have to pray. Hallelujah. You have to pray about everything. You know, sometimes we go through things we think we can't pray about. Sometimes there is a boss that is getting on your nerves you think you can't pray about. Sometimes there is somebody who is troubling you you think you can't pray about. The Bible says pray about everything. Nothing should be out of prayer. Everything should be included when you pray to God. Now, one of the things that prayer does is that prayer shifts your perspective. Because sometimes... Anxiety comes as a result of misplaced perspective. When your perspective is not right, it can lead you to anxiety. And I see this in the Bible. In 1 Kings chapter 17, there is a great prophet in the Bible called Prophet Elijah. This prophet just called down fire from heaven. And the fire devoured the 700 prophets of Baal. And then, after he called down fire from heaven, the, the queen Jezebel, threatens to kill Elijah the prophet. And Elijah runs away. If you go to this text, in 1 Kings chapter 19, Elijah runs away from Jezebel, he gets into the desert, and he says, Lord, I want to die. This is a man who just called down fire from heaven, not in a dream, physically, and saw how the fire of God consumed the prophets of Baal. Then a few hours later, he is in the desert saying, God, I want to die. You just saw the glory of God. You saw the power of God. But a few minutes after, he wanted to die. But as Elijah began to talk with the Lord, the Lord said, get up and eat, because the journey before you is far. When you are somebody who learns to talk to God, when you come before God sometimes stressing, God will help you shift your perspective. Because the way you see things may be the reason why you are stressed. Is anybody hearing me? Two ladies were discussing about their husbands. One said, my husband gave him my nerves. He snores every night. I can't stand him. And then the other said, I wish I had a husband who, who was even able to snore at night. Because my husband passed away many years ago. Then the other one understood that there is somebody who even desires to have a snoring husband. And doesn't have the privilege. From that day, her perspective about the husband snoring changed. Sometimes you may be worried about things just because your perspective is not right. And one of the things prayer does is that prayer is going to shift your perspective. Is somebody hearing me this morning? Amen. Number two, if you are going to overcome anxiety. Now it says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer. And then it says, and supplication. Other verses says, by petition. Now, petition is prayer. But why is the Bible mentioning prayer and petition? I'm going to show you in this text. 
Prayer is general. That is why he said pray about everything. When you are anxious, put yourself in the midst of any group that can pray. Any place where you see prayer, get yourself involved. But when it comes to petition, petition is talking to God on specific issues. When you're real with God about your issues. Now the reason why some of us cannot overcome is that we come to God with general issues. You are talking to God like in general terms. You have to tell God how you feel. Express to God how you really feel right now. And tell God, God, I feel like killing somebody right now if you don't help me. Be real with God. That is petition. If you don't change this supervisor at this job, something is going to happen one of these days. You have to be real with God. Is somebody hearing me? This is petition. When you are talking about specific issues to God, if you don't fix my husband this week, I mean, remove his full front teeth. Tell God how you feel. Is somebody hearing me this morning? That is petition. If this man that is coming my way doesn't stop, I'm about to put a restraining order on him. You tell God exactly how you feel. Now, in the Bible, there was a woman who had anxiety issues called Hannah. She was married, and the husband got married to another wife. And this lady was having children. Can you imagine you're living in a house where you are unable to conceive, and your maid has a baby shower every year? And you have to be at the hospital to help her give birth every year. And she was not able to conceive. And when Hannah would call the children of her maid to send them, she would say, why don't you give birth and send your own children? Stop sending my children. Provocations every day. But if you read your Bible, in 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 10 and 11, Hannah came to God. Listen, she did not say God. Give me a child. That's a general prayer to me. Say, God, give me a son. Petition. Specific issues. I don't need a girl in this issue. I need a boy that will also come out and show to my mate that I can also be a mother of a boy. I'm not just looking for a child. I need a son. Because in Israel, when you had a girl, she wasn't considered a member of your family because she may get married and go away. But the boy was the one who carried the history and the legacy of the family. So Hannah was very specific in her request when she was praying. When you are talking to the Lord, talk to God in specific terms. Hallelujah. If you are asking God for a husband, talk to God specifically the kind of man you want. I want a tall man, a dark man. Or if you have this say a man like our pastor. <laughs> God will help you with that description. Hallelujah. Be, be specific to God. Don't go and say, God, just bless me with a man, any man. No, that's not a prayer topic. Be specific. I want a tall man, a man with big calves, a man with large ears. Whatever you want, tell the Lord specifically what you want. Is somebody hearing me this morning? That is petition. Be real with God. Express to God how you feel. Because some of us come into the presence of God, we are so holy to tell God how we feel. You can tell your friends how you feel. You tell your co-workers how you feel, but you can't tell God how you feel. When you have a relationship with God, you know God is your father. You can tell him how you feel. And the God we serve, the Bible says he's a high priest who felt every pain that we could ever feel. Jesus clearly understands because he has been through the highest form of stress. Now when Jesus was in Gethsemane, and the Bible says he was sweating and he came out as blood mixed with water. Physicians say that that is the highest form of stress 
where your blood glands, your sweat glands are mixed with your blood. That is the highest form where a person can ever experience stress. So there is no stress that you can ever experience that Jesus doesn't understand. So tell him how you feel. Tell him what you're going through. Tell him your pain. Tell him what you think about doing. Whether you're thinking about killing yourself, tell the Lord. And the Lord will step in and fix the situation. Is anybody hearing me this morning? And the last one which I like, he says, Be anxious about nothing, but in everything, by prayer, by supplication, and what? Thanksgiving. There is something about thanksgiving. When you start to thank the Lord, when you start to thank the Lord, it makes you forget even your troubles. Is somebody hearing me this morning? In Psalms chapter 103, verse 2, David said, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not his benefits. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not his benefits. Sometimes we are anxious because we forget the things the Lord has done for us. We are anxious because we do not remember the things that God has done for us. In Acts chapter 16, verse 25, Paul and Silas are in prison. You can imagine somebody in prison. And the Bible said they put them in the inner jail. Not just in a local prison. They were in a prison in a prison. And at midnight, instead of them getting them and saying, Oh God, why have you forsaken us? You know, I've been preaching the gospel faithfully. Is this how you reward me? What will my friends say? What will my neighbors say? That they will hear I went to jail. The Bible said they got up and they started praising God in the night. Hallelujah. In the midst of their stress, in the midst of their problems, in the midst of their situations, they started praising the Lord. Sometimes we are going through some pain that nobody understands. Start praising the Lord. One songwriter says, count your blessings, name them one and one, one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done for you. Instead of focusing on your deficiency, focus on God's sufficiency. Can I say that again? Instead of focusing on your deficiency, focus on God's sufficiency. This is the difference between David and the rest of the soldiers in, in Israel when they were faced with Goliath. They were looking at the size of Goliath and said, oh, the Bible said Goliath was so tall, he was the tallest man in the land. His spear was so big that another soldier had to carry his spear for him. The Bible said he had six toes on every feet. Six toes on every feet. So when the soldiers look at Goliath, they saw defeat. But when David looked at Goliath, listen to what David asked before he came to the battlefront. He said, what shall be given to the man who kills this guy? So while others were looking at a defeat, David went to inquire, the better desire will come by killing this Goliath. The king said, from now on, you don't have to file your taxes. You have no issue with IRS from now on if you kill this guy. Number two, I will give you my daughter as wife. No bride price. David said, what? This is an opportunity to change my life. And he went and picked up five stones. Now, while people were focusing on the size of Goliath, David was focusing on the sufficiency of God. He said, I remember when I was in the forest, a bear came, and the Lord helped me to devour that bear. A lion came, and the Lord helped me to devour that lion. And he said, today, you uncircumcised Philistines, I will bring you down. And when he saw himself like that in the eyes of God, he was able to fling his shot and he brought down Goliath. We can all have the same giants, 
But the lens at which you see the giant will, defeat what I, will determine whether you are going to defeat the giant or be defeated by the giant. Your perspective determines whether you're going to overcome or be defeated. David saw an opportunity to become famous in Israel. He saw an opportunity to become the king's in-law, where others saw the opportunity of dying. This morning, when you learn to praise the Lord, when you learn to thank the Lord, shift from whatever you're thinking and just begin to think about the goodness of God. Think about how God has been faithful to you. You're stressing now about having a job. Remember those days you used to work for $9 an hour? You had to cast over time every now and then in order to make up for your paycheck to pay your rent. And now you're stressed because you're looking for promotion and it's not given to you. Or because somebody at your job is getting on your nerves. Think about those days when you were insulted and yet you stood on the line for over time. When you think about what God did for you in the past, it can become a cure to your anxiety. Learn to praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. The Bible said they overcame the devil by the blood of the Lamb and by the words of their testimony. What is testimony? Sometimes when things begin to get difficult, like I used to say, start to testify what God did in the past. God, you gave me children. God, you gave me a job. You brought me from Africa, from my village, and brought me to this land. You've been a faithful God. Once you forget about what you're feeling, and you start to praise God for what he has done, before you know it, that thing disappears. Listen, the devil is not afraid of your prayers. But there is one thing the devil cannot stand, is praise. Because it is praise that drove the devil from heaven. He wanted a praise that belongs to God. So every time the devil hears you praising the Lord, it is a threat and reminder why he left heaven. And he can't stand praise. He walks away because he doesn't, he doesn't want to be reminded of what drove him from heaven. When you start to praise the Lord, the Bible says God inhabits the praise of his people. God is invited into the situation. Learn to praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Learn to praise the Lord. Learn to praise the Lord. You stress in this country. Now, how much, what, what about you going back to where you came from? Let's send you back so you can, you can be stress-free. Let's send you back to Africa so you can be stress-free. Would that solve the issue? But when you think about what you used to be before, and when you are now, you even drive a car now if you were in Cameroon. By what magic will you have a car? Just thinking about where God brought you from, every stress goes away. <laughs> Hallelujah. Every stress goes away. Tomorrow stays in house now with air conditions. If you were in Africa, by what magic will you have air conditioning in your house? So think about what God has done for you and just be grateful. Hallelujah. Amen. Be grateful to the Lord. Be grateful for how far God has brought you. How God has preserved you. How God provided for you. How God protected you. And once you start to cultivate this attitude, before you know it, every worry flies away. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So what are we saying this morning? If you are going to overcome anxiety, pray. Number two, petition. Number three, praise. That's why you must have praise music going on in your house. Don't listen to all these breaking heart music from all these crazy stars. They sing about you, oh, girl, you broke my heart, you shattered my life. That's why you're hearing everything. You'll be stressed. You need to put music that edifies your soul. Hallelujah. My tomorrow shall be better than today. God is taking me to somewhere. The favor of God is upon me. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. I shall be great. I will make it in this land. I will flourish. The Lord is with me. I walk in green pastures. 
The light is shining unto me in pleasant places. I have a godly heritage. The Lord is with me. I am anointed. I am favored. Once you listen to things like this, you are edified. But when you get up in the morning, you put one depressing music. You are going, you're driving to work, listen to one depressing song. Before you know it, you are depressed. Hallelujah. Pray. Petition and praise. Can we stand on our feet? I don't know what to worry about this morning. But the Lord said, let it go. Amen. Amen. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go.